This is a really exciting list, especially since we are at the end of the year, and I feel like most people start to kind of hold off on their spending until the new year, but they're not doing it this past week. I think something you'll notice on this week's video is that everything we're about to talk about, the reason it's on the list, it makes sense. There's not a whole lot of like digging you had to do to figure out why some of this stuff was popping off this week. So let's just let's just get started. Before we do that, we wrote a comic book and FOC is when, Russ? You're our LCS. Everyone needs to get their orders in by Sunday the 17th to make sure you are going to get your copy of Crashdown number one. Oh, snap. That is today, the day that you're watching this. We co-wrote. A sci-fi horror story with Ben Templesmith. Yeah, that guy's pretty cool. He's a really good artist, and he's very good at drawing the uh, really scary book that we created for him, featuring a bunch of people getting ripped to bits by tentacle monsters on a foreign alien planet. We have David Mack open to order covers. Johnny Desjardins open to order covers. We have a Tony Kent homage to Event Horizon. Pretty cool movie, too. And if you're into video games, we've also got an homage to Metroid on the NES by our editor, actually, who drew that cover, Michael Calero. Shout out. Thanks for the variant. There's also a really cool variant from Ben Templesmith who decided to flip the cover A upside down. So you can check that out, too. One of my favorite cover artists, Jim Mafood, is also throwing his hat into the ring. Guys, you are going to want to get one. You are going to want to get all you need to get this book. It is going to be your first must-read when it comes out in January. We appreciate your support. It comes out at the end of January, just in time for Megacon. And at the list at number 10 is an independent, cute, gruesome comic book. Beneath the Trees, where nobody sees issue number one. This came out last month. This is a relatively new book, but we're seeing $12 average sales and the uh, high 9.8 sales. It's recent, so there are some slabs of this book on the market Sales are kind of all over the place, though. We ended up seeing a $130 sale, a $90 sale, and a $150 sale all within the last week or so. These books are finally coming back from CGC, and there's definitely a lot of interest, especially because we had issue number one, the second print with the great Patton Oswalt quote on the cover come out this week, and issue number two come out last week. So there is definitely a renewed interest in this creepy horror book. This is not a ratio. It's not optioned. Patrick Horvath, the writer and artist, drew a cute comic book. You know, I'm getting some Stray Dogs vibes here, but it's about a serial killer. In fact, Beneath the Trees Where Nobody Sees is body parts of anthropomorphic animals. You need to read this comic book considering that it's only been out for a month and it's trending 200% an increase in copies sold week over week shows how much hype there is. You need to add this to your pull list. I don't know if you guys are aware, but we do keep a list of all of you who don't hit the like button on every video, and we are keeping tabs. That's right. We'll be sending out um, legal notices in the mail to each and every one of you who don't. I mean, if you watch the video and don't hit the like button, there's like weird YouTube legal stuff. I don't want to get into it. And this is not a threat, by the way. And I'm not a lawyer. Hit the like and subscribe button. We're here every single week for you. Bringing you the most trending comics in the world. And Russ, hit him with number nine. Number nine in the list, Fantastic Four. Number 52, the first appearance of The Black Panther. We are reporting a 1.8 thousand average sale, again, because that covers all grades. But a recent CDC 6.0 went for $690 on auction and $875 on Buy It Now. So if you are looking to pick up this book, there is not a better time to pick up this major Silver Age key. It is awesome that we found a 6.0 to report on because a lot of people may not be aware of this, but the 6065 is kind of the market indicator for this comic book because above those grades, 
you're clear past $1,000. So seeing a 6.0 go for under 800 right now tells you that this is a great opportunity to get a major Silver Age 12-cent Kirby key comic book. We found out news this week about Wakanda coming to an animated show. The news of this animated show is what caused a 113% increase in copies sold of this book. But yes, this show will be called Black Panther Eyes of Wakanda. It's going to be an animated series. And all we have to go on is one sentence of a description that was provided to us by Marvel. Throughout Wakanda history, brave warriors have been tasked to travel the world, retrieving dangerous vibranium artifacts. This is their story. It's like Law and Order. It's very Law and Order, yeah. Law and Order, Wakanda. That would actually... Kind of cool. Hit me up, Marvel. I don't know. I'm not saying I'd write it, but I'd watch it. Ice tea's available. There you go. Okay. <laughs> well, clearly, we're going to be traveling across Wakanda, and I think that T'Challa is probably going to be one of the last things we see in this animation. So much opportunity to debut and showcase a numerous amount of Wakandans, and I think there's a slate of people to be specked on because there are so many that have been going under the radar, and some that haven't, but I think maybe have been forgotten about. Wakanda and Black Panther, that whole lore, there's a lot there, especially when you go back in time and look at the history of the Black Panther, because that's not just T'Challa. You know, there's a whole lineage of Black Panthers going back in time throughout history. So this show could really play with the timeline and take us back to like prehistoric times or maybe even like the far future or something. If it's in the present day, maybe we'll get some cool, you know, MCU connected teases because it is probably going to take place in the MCU, but we really don't know a whole lot about it. But if you're like me and you don't know a whole lot about Wakanda characters at all, you need to download Key Collector and check out to the Wakandans category on there because it's got a list of a whole bunch of useful first appearances of Black Panther adjacent characters that may or may not show up in this show. Use Kotom 101 on the best comic app in existence. I use it every single day. It's how we source the numbers for this list. And at the list, at number eight, damn, that FF is looking better by the day, by the way. That is a crazy low price it on It really, that. really is. All right, we have... Another Bronze Age goodie, Tomb of Dracula number 10. Dude, we got like some big boy keys on this list this week. This is the first appearance of Blade, hitting $3.2,000 average sales. But wait, we have a 9.8 sale that took place this last month. And it went on Heritage and went for $28,800. And it's been averaging about $30,000 all year. And this is a book that only comes to market typically like two times a year. So it's kind of tough to say that this book is down by that much because it happens so sparingly that it's even available. Yeah, if it sells twice, you know, one of those is going to technically be the record low price for the year. So it's kind of hard to, you know, point fingers when a book like this doesn't necessarily hit the same sale price it did before. But how freaking dope does this new game look? I was completely shocked to see this. This game's going to be cool. I saw the trailer for it. We all saw the trailer for it last week at the Game Awards. They announced kind of surprisingly out of nowhere, I think, this Blade trailer for a Blade video game being developed by Arcane Studios, who brought us Dishonored, which I really loved about a decade ago, and the game Deathloop from a few years ago. Arcane Studios is very qualified to make a game like this. However, since it's not Insomniac, it's not going to be part of the Miles Morales, Peter Parker, and the upcoming Wolverine game universe, the uh, Earth 1046. It actually has its own official designation in the Marvel Universe. It's a 114% increase in copies sold, and we have to bear in mind that the all-time high for a 9.8 was $48,000. That was also a heritage auction. So this book is down massively, but you're going to have to figure that the guys buying the video games are not the ones driving this market. There is also a new Blade series that has come out that people are buying off the shelves and really, really liking. So it's nice that there's a little bit more Blade stuff happening, which would propel this big key. Yeah, I think the 
few sales that a 9.8 market leader like this has throughout the year is more of a spec that pertains to movie buzz, which has been in limbo for years now. But I think it also shows that people must be holding their 9.8s because there's not there's under 60 of them because they know it's inevitable. Blade will happen. And this game coming out, I think, just adds more fuel to that fire. The confidence is starting to rise up despite it looking pretty grim. I think it's all about the optimism that Mahershala Ali brings to this title. And as a gamer, I want to throw out a quick shout out to Marvel for killing it in the video game department. You guys are doing like Avengers, Guardians, Blade, Midnight Suns. You got Spider-Man killing it. You got this Wolverine game coming out. Meanwhile, at DC, it's kind of just crickets. There's a Suicide Squad game on the horizon. Apparently, a Wonder Woman game is being worked on. But really, you have to look back to Injustice 2 from like five plus years ago to find like the last big budget DC video game. So I think DC really needs to do better. I want a Green Lantern game, damn it. And that brings us to 2007 with Wolverine Origins number 10. Dakin's first appearance. Logan's son. Deadpool 3 confidence, anyone? Seeing $50 average sales for those high-grade copies. $325 for a 9.8 where it hit over 600 February just last year. Well, that may be the record high sale for a 9.8 when you consider what this book has been hitting on average for the last 12 months. It's kind of actually not that far off. Like that 12-month average is 254. So this book in a 9.8 is kind of kind of doing a little better, but it hasn't sold since August either. So people are holding on to this one. You think it's because of X-23? Possibly. There's a lot of respect on this movie about seeing alternate Wolverines. You know, we've been hearing rumors about Daniel Radcliffe for the longest time playing Wolverine in some alternate version and, and Daphne Keene coming back. That's probably the most likely in my mind, coming back to play X-23 again and then introducing Dakin and in some capacity. We're hearing all this stuff, but when you consider that we are, we do have confirmation of alternate Deadpools in this movie, right? We do have this photo here of Ryan Reynolds with Dogpool. That's coming. And we're hearing all this stuff about Kidpool and I don't know. I, I feel like Taylor Swift's more likely to play Lady Deadpool at this point than Dazzler. That's my opinion, but whatever. We could just as easily see a team of alternate Wolverines from other universes, too. We're just guessing, though. A 150% increase in copies sold this week. And 9.8s, we have seen 14 more added to the census in the last six months, which means a lot of people are grading these books, and at least two per month are getting added to the census. So there's more of a chance to grab it at a 9.8. Probably why it's on the uptick, but hasn't blown up like all their Wolverine keys at the list at number six. Amazing Spider-Man. 194. First appearance of Black Cat. What is the first thing that you look at when you see a first appearance of Black Cat? This, there's something very special, and I'm, I bet Russ knows. I know. Do you know? I think I know. Oh, hold up. Okay. What is it, Ryan? Drop the bomb. It's that little yellow box in the Marvel Comics Good group. Good job. That's right. Dude, I just leveled up. There is an error on a very minute amount, amount of yeah. these. And every time I look at this book, I don't even look at Black Cat. I look at the top right corner. Put it on the screen. But yeah, we have an increase of copies sold of 167% because of Black Cat casting that never happened. This week in a podcast, actress Anne Hathaway came out and just kind of revealed that she not was not only was just being looked at to play Black Cat in an unmade Sam Raimi Spider-Man 4 Tobey Maguire movie, but that she had been cast, that they had already like picked her and she had gone through, you know, the audition and everything, but then the movie fell apart. They rebooted it with the amazing Spider-Man and she ended up actually playing Catwoman, like just a few years later in The Dark Knight Rises. So it kind of worked out for her in some way. Did not get into costume and did not read a script past the audition sites. This book hits like 350 on average for a high grade copy. It's super affordable. It's an awesome 
tough in high-grade cover because it's a dark cover, and it's hitting about $2,500 at a 9.8. This is just a tough book to find. In addition to it just being a perpetually relevant, amazing Spider-Man key, we keep having more Black Cat news, but it's tough in high-grade because it's an all-black cover, and when you get these runs... It's almost always missing or in trash condition, so I know it's really one of the most highly sought-after ASMs from this era, at least in my shop. They've teased her character in the past. She could literally just show up randomly, and it makes sense within continuity. And they've actually hired for this part before. So a failed attempt, but there was effort. It makes sense on this safe book. And if you like Amazing Spider-Man, I'm giving away this copy of ASM 300 that I just actually bought from you, Russ, because yeah. I want to actually give it out to the community. And the way you can enter to win this is by joining our newsletter. All you have to do is go to ComicTom101.com. It's really simple because it just pops right up. Literally all you have to do is go to ComicTom101.com and do nothing else because it will ask you if you want to sign up for the newsletter. You don't have to go anywhere else. You say, oh, yeah, I do want that. I do want a chance to win this cool book for free. Type in your email address and uh, forget about it because we will send the winner an email and let them know. So you literally don't have to do anything else after that. And you'll also be entered to win all of our giveaways going forward. It's kind of set it and forget it type of thing. And you support the show. Next on the list at number five, Butterfly number one. It's cool to see like an indie title. On Amazon, that is not like superhero, you know, it's not like fantastical. It's just like a cool, criminal, macabre type of story. I still haven't watched Invincible on Amazon, so I'm looking forward to something non-superhero to watch on that streaming service as well. We did talk about this book back in February when it was confirmed that they were working on making this comic into a TV show. But back in May, they did announce that this show had been ordered to series, so it will be coming to screens. It's been approved. They actually just this week cast the second lead character in this movie, the female lead, which is why we're seeing the book on the list again this week after over half a year. This book is a sleeper, but it's the type of book that if you watch us every single week, you would know about. Ten months ago, there were only three copies at a 9.8, and we have 28 more of them in the last 10 months since we reported on this in February. It's still $8 raw, but we're seeing $125 for a CGC 9.8 and a 500% increase in copies sold. Again, like, subscribe, watch this video every single week because you are going to know about these books that a lot of people have forgotten about. Just because a book is option doesn't mean that it's going to get pilot. By the time it gets to pilot, there's a small chance that it's actually going to be seen on the screen. And that's a lot of opportunities for news to hit to spike comic books. And when we told you then that the three nine eights should not dictate what the book is worth yet because we knew that there were CGC books being graded right now. Imagine what's going to happen now that we know it is going to hit the streaming services. So although we're seeing 125 for a 9.8, I suspect that there's going to be a flood of even more. So you still may want to be patient. Find a raw copy, high grade, and get it graded yourself. Number four on the list, I absolutely love this book. Wolverine 55, the Greg Land cover. This with the decapitated saber tooth homaging one of my favorite EC horror comics of all time. We are seeing $15 average sales and a high 9.8 for $250, which still seems supremely low for this awesome-looking cover. Why are we talking about Sabretooth with his head cut off this week, guys? We're talking about it because Tom told us to. <laughs> not me, kind of. Comic Tom. It's not, okay. I don't Comic think it's, Tom I, I, I do called not, this no, last week. I did not. And I, everybody listened to him and went out and bought it, just like he told you to. <laughs> I, and that's I how the list him, works. Didn't I tell them not 
I go think you crazy. Just, I, no, I think you just said something like, I wouldn't be surprised to see this next week because it is a cool cover, and I didn't even know it existed until you mentioned it last week, I and here it cover. is well, on the top half of the list. Well, now that we see the decapitated head of Tyler Maine's version of Sabretooth on the set of Deadpool 3, I started seeing this book posted on Instagram a lot. Partially because it is such a cool cover. I mean, Crime Suspense Stories, this is number 22. It's like, mm-hmm. it's a classic EC homage. It's a cool cover. And also one that I don't think is going to be like crazy valuable after Deadpool 3 because like it's a death scene, right? But the book is badass, which is why, like, let's actually prove it here with this point. The heights it reached was back in 2021 for $425. The book was hitting close to $500 at a time where there was no saber-tooth Wolverine spec at all. Like, not even in the distance. Like, X-Men was way far in the distance at that point. It was selling well because people love the cover. So, if you dig it, this seems like a great time to buy it. I think this is a comfortable 209.8 for life. At least. Can you think of any other, like, moments in a movie that have spiked a specific comic book because there's one other one I could think of and like no other one so I'm wondering if you maybe can help me out but I'm thinking of that shot that cover with uh, Hawkeye shooting Ant-Man on his arrow right that we saw that in a movie and this is kind of a similar effect happening here but that book probably isn't worth a whole lot after you see that event on screen so this might be a don't hold on forever type situation maybe let us know what you think in the comment section below because I could concede that that sounds like it could very well happen but i also look at this greg land cover and going i kind of want that it's myself. a keeper it's a keeper i would keep it a 340 percent increase in copies sold this week shout out wolverine thanks mcfarlane at the <laughs> list at number three. Oh, batman 428 this is dope all right like yeah death in the shout family out wolverine yeah they're dude i'm just kidding but um, shout know, out mike the, mignola thank yeah. you um jim starlin like yeah this is the the death in the family and i went to your shop yesterday and i saw freaking foils on the rack it was dope dc's doing a fantastic job with these reprints they are doing these uh regular and these foil copies of major key books throughout all of dc history they did a bunch of golden age books sensation comics number one um they ended up doing a lot of the more recent ones they've been doing uh batman year one the frank miller 4445 and this is is the reprint we're seeing this week of the not death of Robin, but the near death of Robin, where we have Robin lives, and that's the reason why we have the original Batman number 428, where he does die on the list. That's right. We have uh, 34 years that they were sitting on this version of the story. We've been through this multiple times, but the fan base called in to vote whether Jason Todd would live or die, and he would end up being killed in the pages of comics. Very macabre. Love it. Well, this book hits $40 average sales and a 9.8 hit $500. Yo, I love this book. I love me some Mignola. I didn't realize it was that expensive at a 9.8. I kind of thought this was closer to that two dollars to $300 range, but I guess that history and that Mignola goodness makes it that valuable. 229% increase in copies sold this week. And for those of you that don't know, I was 10 years old in 1989 and I got permission from my mom to be able to call the 900 number. And I'm the one that killed Robin. I'm very sorry. I called it a thousand times. I used all of my allowance. Me, I killed him. But I digress. My absolute favorite thing about this book, the regular copy versus the newsstand copy, is that there is actually an extra sentence that is not on the newsstand copy. The newsstand barcode covers up the sentence, 
can he possibly be alive? So if you have the direct copy, it says he was under a pile of rubble and he's Bubba. Can he possibly be alive? And the newsstand erases that question. So I actually think it's really important to be able to look at the newsstand and the regulars. It's a tough book. Everyone read the heck out of this book. It's, again, a black cover, so it's just going to show fingerprints in any type of bins. It's a perpetually relevant book. If you don't have a copy, go and grab a copy. And go to your LCS and buy the reprint where you see Robin lives. Number two on the list. I've never heard about this comic book before in my life. Monster in My Pocket, number one. This sounds like Pokemon, but it came out in 1991. It's the first appearance. It's a $10 average sale, $40. But this is like a high, raw comic book because there's only one copy graded at 9.8 and a total of nine slabs in total. So that number is going to blow up here soon. What's going on with this comic book? Back in the late 80s and early 90s, they were attempting to do as many toy tie-ins with comic books as possible. We had Marvel releasing the Mad Balls comic book, and we had Harvey Comics releasing Monster in My Pocket. This was not necessarily something that was going to sell a ton of copies. It was just an interesting thing that the kids go down to the corner store and their mom and pick up a copy for a buck twenty-five or whatever. There is a Canadian price variant, so people, if you're looking for something a little bit more rare, it's a dollar fifty price variant as opposed to the one twenty-five US price variant but we have news this week that there's a live action series in development by will smith's westbrook studios for more monster in my pocket i can tell you again i was 10 years old in 1989 when they first came out i was 12 and 91 when the comic book came out i did not buy or own either of them this was not i was way more into mad balls i really truly was but it just wasn't something that i was super into but it's interesting because we have more nostalgia driving these comic books there's guys that are my age that are probably going to be out here buying graded copies and looking for raw copies just because of the member berries over a thousand percent increase in copies sold. Check those quarter bins. Check those dollar bins. They're going to be out there. And considering that this is like part of Will Smith's production, it makes sense because he's not doing a whole lot of movies. So they got to kind of go in a different direction where he is not actually not in them. Canto, where are you at? Well, this is exciting. Uh, we're at the time of the month. It's the start of the new mystery mail call sign-up period. Uh, it's January already. It's the new year, and we've got a pretty cool book here that Tom just told me about. And I actually have never—I did not know we were doing this cover. I have not even seen the art. It's Batman 121. We're bringing that back to press. That's the first appearance of Mr. Freeze with art by Raph Grissetti. I really want to see this cover, so I uh, i can't wait to see it myself. That's one per box in the January mystery mail call. Raph Grissetti goodness. Go to comictown101.com or hit the link in the description to support what we do as we enter into the new year subscribe to the channel hit the like button and let's chat about the number one most trending comic book in the world and it is touted as one of the if not the best jla run of all time justice league number one we're talking justice league number one from 1987 this would become justice league international at some point down the road and i am actually i really need to read this run because tom king used all of these characters in his recent run on Human Target, which was one of the best books of the last couple of years. So this is very much on my radar, something I need to read. And apparently, the comic community felt that way too, because we're seeing it here at number one on the list, because this is the first appearance of Maxwell Lord, and we did get news about that character again, even though we just saw him on screen like three years ago. Dude, James Gunn is seemingly pissing off some people who want to work at DC, right? Like, Zachary Levi played Shazam, Kind of had some interesting things to say about James's constant casting of his own family member. 
So Sean Gunn being cast as Maxwell Lord, okay, and if we hadn't just seen Pedro Pascal be the character, I think it would be less news, but, I mean, do you think Ted Raimi would have any movie career at all if his brother wasn't Sam Raimi? I mean, he's not an actor guy. Sean Gunn probably wouldn't be Craggle or Weasel or these other things if he went through a normal casting process. No offense to him at all. I like the characters that he plays, but I think Zachary Levi may have a point. When you're the brother of the guy who runs DC, I guess you get to play whoever you want. I don't know. I feel like I kind of want to pump the brakes a little bit. I watched this interview with Zachary Levi on this. Uh, he's He's got a few things to say. I think he's a little salty about the uh, poor box office performance of the Shazam sequel, and he is kind of un unsure whether or not there will be more Shazam in James Gunn's DCU, which is what led him to say, I guess when your brother's in charge, you can get whatever role you want. So, But I also see what he means, because when James Gunn did announce this universe, he specifically went out of his way to claim every character that we cast in this universe will voice or play that character in live action or animation, which means... Sean Gunn is now set to play three characters at the same time in the DC Universe. He's doing Weasel in Creature Commandos. He's also playing G.I. Robot, a character in Creature Commandos. So if either of those two cross over into live action, he will be presumably playing them in live action, as well as Maxwell Lord, who will just be apparently referenced in the background of Superman Legacy as a sort of world building. And he's not actually supposedly going to appear in that movie, but in some other DC project further down the line. An increase of copies sold of 871% for this additional casting. This book is hitting $15 average sales, $165 for a CGC 9.8. It is one of the most fun superhero comic books that you can read. The humor alone will keep you engaged, but the high stakes will keep you reading that next issue after issue. Hit the like and subscribe, and as always, speak responsibly. The artist of that Justice League book is Kevin McGuire, who graciously provided us with a variant for Crashdown number one. I'm going to end this video with another plug for Crashdown number one. Go check out the Kevin McGuire first appearance of the Justice League homage variant and geek responsibly. Or enough said. I, don't know, I forgot which one Russ said last, so I'm just going to say both and the video's over now. We just end the video. It's okay. Okay. Get the hell out of here. Goodbye.